Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. This is the episode for 4-18-2022, because we're coming back. Sorry, I took a couple days off. What can I say? Sometimes you get real stressed out in life, and then you just got to take a couple days to jerk off at home. You take a couple days, you, you stress eat, you eat a bunch of food, you, you rotate in some random clips on YouTube, you jerk off a whole bunch, and then you, you refine your center. You refine your spirituality, your growth, everything that motivates you to keep on going. Or it's more like at some point you're like, I don't think I can do this anymore, days. I better get back to briefing because otherwise my penis is going to come off clean. I don't know if you can really tear me. You got to really go to the gym, work on your biceps. This isn't what anyone wants to hear about at the top of the show. But I will say I never watched The Sopranos. I don't know if you guys have watched The Sopranos. Maybe that's maybe that's your favorite show. Maybe every single weekend you recap the best moments. I sometimes will binge watch just random Sopranos clips. YouTube's become, because I, I don't know if you guys do this. I don't have a television in my apartment. And I like to think of myself, look how wonderful I am. I'm one of these people. I don't have it. But then instead of channel surfing, I'll do what's an even worse ADD version of channel surfing, which is I will just skip through random scenes from TV shows that I've never even seen. So like, you'll, I'll just watch all the, you know, all the hits in a Sopranos or all the scenes where just people are getting mad. Like, I've watched a lot of random scenes from The Sopranos without any storyline or context whatsoever. I just watched the good moments. It's like getting straight to the cum shots. I don't know why I had to compare that to porn. There was no porn comparison there. I've already started the show. I've made the jerk-off jokes. Everybody gets it. Everyone understands it. There's no reason for that. Anyways, here was my one takeaway from uh, from watching random clips of The Sopranos. is uh, They eat a lot of food. And it's incredible to me to be taking these important business meetings after eating that much food. Like I was just, like, can you imagine if after Thanksgiving, someone came into your, your table and they wanted to negotiate with you, you'd just be like, just take it, just take the factory. I don't care. You, you want a factory? You can have all the factories or they'd be like, Hey, you know, Johnny, whatever, Johnny wrinkle pants messed up. And you would have just finished a Turkey sandwich. Yeah, it's all right. Just let him go. It's okay. I don't care. It's okay. Listen, I, I just I just ate 15 pieces of salami. You think I'm gonna care? I I do you see how much cheese I just put on the salami I was eating there? I don't know why I'm mixing in Trump with him. All right, well, there you go. Those are my soprano jokes. Cause you know, there isn't there isn't that much news except for this. I think uh we might be reaching peak Joe Biden. And if we haven't reached peak Joe Biden yet, we're we're gonna we're, we gotta be getting there soon. We there's got to be a moment coming that's just so unbelievably stupid. I mean, we apparently fart in front of the Queen of England. That one was pretty good. And then they had to bring him to a doctor for them to check his rectum. They got all up in his rectum and they're like, this is as clean as the uh, as the kids. Uh, uh, Hunter Biden's fucking <laughs> I've seen clean rectums. Usually you only see rectums as clean on on younger children. But but this Joe Biden, he's got a perfectly fine and, and clean old rectum. Uh, all right. So if you guys uh, didn't see this moment, there was a moment where uh, Joe Biden, he's giving a speech, all the classics, he's yelling, he's screaming, we need government money to get these factories open. And as long as we can get these factories open, well, then, you know, supply line issues, well, uh, they'll, they'll be able to take care of those and no problem. So Biden's up there giving his whole speech. And then at the end of the speech, he turns to the side and goes, hey, put it there, buster. And he realizes there's no one there. So he tries turning the other way, realizes there's no one there, and then he just kind of wonders and fumbles. And, you know, it was almost uh, like watching him be at a party with Obama. No one wants to shake this guy's hand. It's embarrassing. 
So I think they set him up, though. That's my take. They want this guy out. They set him up. I bet behind the stage what they're doing is they practice. They just practice. They go, listen, all you got to do, you got to read the teleprompter. And then when the speech is over, you turn to your side, you shake hands, your handler's there. They walk you off the stage. Someone comes out and goes, no questions, no questions, no questions. We got to catch the third. Right? There's a protocol. And so he he does his part. He's sitting there. He goes, all right, just got to sit down. just got things and 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 hopefuls and souls and everyone and, and better and and good things and and china but the support all right that's that's what i had to say and then they, they just left him hanging they left him hanging there was no one there he 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 came out with this put it there buster energy and then they just left him so i wonder was that peak joe biden Is, or are we going to get a worse moment which brings me to my next point, uh, up for hire. I don't know if you can trademark campaign slogans, you know, but people have been trying all sorts of stuff. Biden's thing has been build back better. Trump was all about make America great again. I think the next campaign slogan should just be, let's get the dementia out of Washington. That's it. Very simple campaign slogan. Let's, let's not have people with dementia that might get us into nuclear wars. Very simple. And on that note, let's plug some gigs. The biggest gig, firstly, we sold out uh the reno thing no problem man i might look into uh, um you know setting up another show or maybe scalping tickets behind the scenes maybe i'll pull a ticket master i'll just tell david sold out take back a couple of the tickets put them up online for so much money no i'm not really going to do that i'm not going to do that shows sold out they uh were right i think my chair negotiations have almost come uh that really stressed me out you want to know why it's a stay at home all weekend <laughs> <laughs> chair negotiations. I'm not, I'm not set up for negotiating about chairs. You know, I've negotiated some serious sales deals in my lifetime, but when it comes to getting chairs into a venue hall, that's it. I'm never taking a venue rental that doesn't include chairs again. I don't care how, I don't care how good this gig goes or how much money we end up making on it. No more gigs without chairs ever. I mean, they're going to be chairs. I took care of the chair thing, but I'm just saying you, you do a venue rental. You think they have the chairs. What else are they not going to have? Am I going to get a call let, letting me know the day before the event? Hey, I want to make sure you're bringing your own urinals. Uh, and, uh, you know, the women, we've, we've got hay for them. There's there's a barn. So, you know, the women are all set. But for the men, you're, you're probably going to want some some urinals at this establishment. Uh, all right. What the fuck was I trying to do? I was trying to plug my gigs. That's right. I got to get some more dates coming up because uh, I have more dates confirmed for Summer Porch Tour. I just have to actually schedule them. Uh, I need a secretary. Are you out there? You you want to handle you want to handle chair logistics and other things that really stress me out for no real reason. Uh, they're pretty simple and they shouldn't be a big deal, but for some reason they really get to me. Do you want to take on that task? I don't know why I'm praying to the Lord on this one. I'm praying to the Lord that some listener heeds this call and goes, "Sure, I'll take care of all those things." Anyways, we're going back. Summer porch tour coming up. The big one is the kickoff party in Florida. It's going to be an absolute blast. Come show up for that at Top Lops's Ranch. And then we've got uh, California uh, with Brian from uh, Lions of Liberty. And then uh, I got some scattered gigs coming up. New Jersey Medical Freedom. We're going to celebrate gyms that stay open. Uh, then I've got April 24th in Boston, which is the libertarian uh, the, 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 the thing. The, you know, the states, they get together. I don't have words. Uh, and then I got a gig in Connecticut with BK Chris. May 14th, hit up that link. All right, let's get back into the news. But first, I see some people hanging out here. I see some people hanging out. I got St. Michael coming through with the question 414. What's the, what's that question for? What what I what is the 414 question? 
You got that, that that's like a half a question. It's just a date with a question mark. You got a question, ask me the whole question. All right, moving on. Uh what do we got here? What do we got here? All right, people are freaking out. Elon Musk is going to be taking over Twitter. He's going to be restoring free information. Maybe he, we might think he's restoring free information. And then it just becomes a platform of people taking pictures with their Teslas. That's it. It's just, oh, wow, I was able to charge this thing. And look at this beautiful charger. And look at this road trip I was able to take. And it'll be people standing on the side of the road just posting pictures going, wow, my, my gas engine doesn't work. And it smells like farts. This is a problem. And it's just going to be pictures upon pictures of people posting their cars broken down on the side of the road just being passed by Tesla vehicles with traveling charging stations that aren't run overrun by homeless people. So we don't know. We don't know what Elon Musk has planned for Twitter, if he even takes it over. Also, Elon Musk, you want to talk about CEOs and the superpowers. That guy's pretty good at making news. That guy's pretty good at just headlines, 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 stock values going up, stock values going down. Hey, I like Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going through the roof. Hey, I don't like Bitcoin. Bitcoin's crashing all of a sudden. I mean, Elon Musk, he's got the mouth of gold or whatever the fuck he talks about. He's just really good at generating news about it. And then maybe, uh, I don't know if he front runs himself. I don't know the options that he's taking. I don't know what happens to, to Twitter's shares price when he goes, you know what, fuck off, I'm out of here. Or maybe he generates so much news, even from taking the 10% and then saying that he wants to take over the company, that all of a sudden all these other hedge funds, they start stepping up. They realize how valuable of an asset Twitter is. The Black Rocks, your, your Morgan Stanley's your Saudi Arabia people who don't give a shit about the company. They don't care about the profits. They just want to make sure that they've got a stronghold on news and information. They realize, my God, we better open up our pocketbooks. And then Elon Musk, they buy out his shares. He makes even more money. And then maybe he goes, makes his own social media thing. I'm just saying Elon Musk knows how to generate some good news for himself. So that stock values keep going up and up and up. And I don't know much about stocks, but I do know that if you sell them low and then you buy them high, you're going to end up making money. It's a simple rule. Yeah, you, you you walk into the market with things that simple and it's very and you just that's the only thing you really have to remember. As long as you have that one thing perfectly crystal clear in your head, you can't lose money in the stock market. All right. So, anyways, people are all outraged about this Elon Musk guy, about the fact that he might take over Twitter and then just let people just use the service. Isn't that a isn't that a remarkable threat that if I take this thing over, people will just be able to use it? We're not going to tell them what they can't do while they're here. They'll just be able to, to, to post things. And people are like, it's too dangerous. You can't just let people post. If people just post, the, 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 the real idea is truth might rise to the top. And that's not going to work in here. We can hear them say it themselves. And I fumble. Listen, I'm not even a paid news anchor. And I say dumb shit all the time. I keep calling Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. I talk about selling stocks when they're when they're low and buying them when they're high. I get all sorts of information wrong. So I can't I can't fault this lady who, you know, has to sit there with the boring guy that she pretends like she likes getting plowed from. That's her whole life. She used to be pretty, so pretty that she got this guy to leave her husband. And now she's got to show up to the office every single day and realize, what did I do? How did I end up in a marriage with this guy with his boring glasses and he's not even that good of a propagandist. I remember when this guy was one of the best propagandists in the game. That's what excited me about him. But now I miss NBC. This place is irrelevant. Nobody's even watching our shows. I don't find my husband attractive. We're losing our stronghold. And then you get rattled. You end up saying stupid shit. Let's give it a listen. Who were Trump voters 
and are still Trump supporters, they go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous, you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah. If you look at the issues, Yamish uh, is right. He's doing. Yeah, I'll cover for you because you just said something you weren't supposed to say. Where well, that's what the news's job is. Is it's supposed to be that they sit down, uh, they develop a narrative. They come up with their own facts, uh, their own facts that would uh, fit into the narrative, and uh, they control people's minds, and we try and train people on what they should think. That's the job of the media. Uh, and so, obviously, we can't be having a uh, an industry here where uh, someone else is allowed to come in and report their own information, because if people are able to report information, how will we control people's minds? And then they get to just continue sitting there and being all chipper and all, hey, we're doing the Lord's work here. Just sharing the information that everybody needs so we can tell them what to think. All right. What else we got here? Um, Trump oh, that's that video again. I got to say, Elon Musk, man, he does. He gives me hope. He gives me hope that perhaps we will end up in a environment where you got free media landscapes where people actually step in and they start going, you know what? I like profit. And you got all these other companies that don't like profit. They'd rather be a news organization and not share true information. And how much profit can there be in going to the market every single day with a bad product? I mean, it's crazy. You got these cable news channels and just every single day, they're just not giving you good information. You know, it's like a gym trainer that every time you worked out with him, you somehow got fatter. A doctor, every time you went to see him, sometime you walked out of there more unhealthy and in more pain. So as a capitalist, you go, wow, I think there might must be an opportunity here for some profit because maybe I can just create a better product. And so if someone like Elon Musk actually steps in and he doesn't just turn Twitter into a place for talking about how great your electric vehicles are, but maybe he actually steps in, he creates a real marketplace for ideas, news and information. Maybe there'll be work for people like me. Maybe like you don't even realize, I, I think, how bad the ratings are on some of these news channels and how much money is there. What do they say with CNN Plus? Like how many people actually subscribe for that? 10,000 people and think about how much money got put into that. So who knows? Maybe they start all of a sudden realizing, hey, we need people that are actually right about this information. Is there a track record of individuals who even out of their own living room without a research department managed to be right on COVID, managed to be right on uh, on Russia collusion? managed to basically get every single topic right because it was all obvious and they were just being honest. And then maybe there'll be jobs for all of us, which give me some hope. So uh, we'll see how this Elon Musk thing plays out. Hopefully he just creates his own company, uh, like a new Twitter, and he tells them just to go fuck themselves because that would be way cooler. I mean, do we would like I, I, what, what would need to happen for us all to end up on a new social media platform? Like at some point we ended up on Facebook. At some point we ended up on Instagram. At some point we ended up on TikTok. It, you just need something that's kind of, I guess, better and enough people start using it. Maybe here's what he could do. Maybe he could offer straight up money, straight up money for people to sign up. I mean, how many how many people are active on, that can't work? Well, I don't know. At 50, if he's putting 50 billion dollars, like what what's a community of people actually using your platform 
that you could just pay people directly for signing up. I'd have to sit down and do some math on that. All right, let's move on. Got a couple more news stories here. Next one is Florida says it rejected math textbooks for referring to critical race theory. Once again, this is from Axios. This is, uh, let's read the headline once more. Florida says it's rejected math textbooks for referencing to critical race theory. And how does a math textbook have CRC in it? It's questions like, let's say a train is headed to Philadelphia. There's 150 people on the train and the wind is blowing from the east. How guilty should you feel about black people? Another news article, you got CVS. It's going to start offering mental health services which of course will be available as long as you call ahead and then you wait in line and then you find out that they weren't able to process your order and then the insurance company, they couldn't get them on the phone. So then you're going to have to go home and then call ahead and then they'll confirm that you have the appointment. You show up again, all of a sudden you find out they don't have the appointment. Next thing you know, you're in the aisles, you're eating all the candy, you're eating all the candy because the candy's there and you're supposed to see a health service provider. Health service provider isn't even there. That's got to be the worst place to try and see a shrink. I mean, I don't like seeing shrinks as it is. I'm perfectly comfortable yelling in my living room, wearing hats from bodegas called the come and go, which uh, if you're not familiar with the come and go, that's only where you were conceived. Go ask your mom about it. She knows about the come and go because she's a filthy slut. Moving on. China has uh, it's 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 fully implementing its policy of zero covid maximum death. What, what that that's that's China's newest thing. They're like, we're so committed to no covid. We don't care how much death we have to throw at this situation. We're not going to have any covid. And uh I wish that uh, they kind of blasted all of what's going on because who really knows? I, I've seen one video, which is the most disturbing thing I've seen in my entire life, which was people yelling out of bill there. I, that shit is so fucking eerie. It is imprinted in my brain. I'm out there now doing research on canned goods and how I can kill my neighbors if they try and take them. That's how that's how affected I was by that thing. I was so affected. I was like, I was, someone should help those people, but it's not me because I don't really know where Shanghai is. I don't know how you get in touch with those people. I don't know how you get them. Like, is anyone trying to get food to the people of Shanghai? Because uh, maybe that's the way that we could actually, we could Bugs Bunny this, where we send so many resources into China and then we get footage of it. And then they have to admit that they didn't actually have resources. Maybe that's how we help out in the world. We actually, it's like uh, Bugs Bunny charitable causes to make communist regimes look bad. Maybe maybe there's something there. But anyways, I was trying to focus on uh, canned goods. Dude, I experimented with eating canned chicken the other day. Every canned chicken. Maybe this is me showing off my uh, white Connecticut privilege, but that shit is disgusting. I mean, canned tuna is fine. Maybe it's because I've never like just straightened up eating canned tuna. Like you just kind of, you mix it with stuff and then you put it on a sandwich and then you pretend like it didn't just come out of a can. But I realized I better start figuring out what canned goods I might be. Because I put it this way. Would you rather have $1,500 or three months worth of canned goods inside your closet? I'm thinking I might prefer three months worth of canned goods. I'm actually thinking of a six-month supply. Now I'm starting to think, well, first I was thinking about chest freezer. And then I just realized that's not going to work for me. I can't maintain inventory. I already have like a beef in my freezer that's been there for a year that I'm never going to eat because I don't know how long it's been there for. And sure, can you just write dates on it? Yeah, you could do that, but I'm not going to do that. 
And that's why it's not going to work. Well, you get a chest freezer, maximum amount of time you can freeze things for is for three months. And so what, you got to be in a constant, like now you got a new job, which is eating things out of your chest freezer before it goes bad. And then things, this is how lazy I am. You know what they never price into cooking at home is when you become so lazy that you don't even clean, like that you end up throwing out whole appliances. I threw out an entire crock pot last week because it had been sitting in my fridge for over a month. Because here's the thing, you cook up something in your crock pot, and it's delicious the first time, but then you, you like try and force feed yourself the reheated stuff. And it's not good when it's not fresh, or you can just go down the street and eat meatballs over rice from Ron's deli for nothing. 10 bucks is nice people. They give you some cookies. You can have coffee. You shoot the shit. Like, you, I don't know. You try cooking from home and it just doesn't work. But then you start realizing, well, what if the world's ends and all of a sudden my meatball places aren't available? I'm going to have to figure out. And then you put canned goods are kind of gross. So you start figuring like, well, what kind of canned how many canned goods would I need for any given day? How much of this shit can I experiment with canned chicken? I mean, I'm going to try it again, but that shit just straight up out of a can. I felt like a fucking cat. I mean, I might've been eating cat food for all I know. What's, what's the consensus on canned chicken? Have you guys uh, ever delved into that world? Uh, what the fuck? Oh yeah. And then you start realizing, well, even if I have all the canned goods, what am I going to be the one person walking around outside with energy? Cause I'm eating. And then everyone realizes, Hey, that guy's clearly got food. And then you try and be like, no, I was really fat before this thing started. This is just me skinny because my body's managed to go into ketosis and it's just burning all this stuff. You got to like get Photoshop pictures of you before everyone started going hungry of going, no, 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 look how fat I was. I was a big chubby motherfucker. And now this is me. I'm living my best life. But two more months of this, I'm going to be looking like you guys. Uh, right. I was trying to talk about what's going on. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a lesson in in communism and central planning and 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 governments. And uh, and anyone like look at how weird China is and just being like, what? maybe we shouldn't have had free trade with them. I mean, all for free trade. Maybe I got to go back and do a little bit more of my homework on the values of free trade and just how bad things would be here if we weren't getting all these goods and services from China and what inflation would look like and how I can only afford my lifestyle because of the cheap labor that exists over there. Maybe I'm lacking my insight or maybe I'm lacking my insight about how much more miserable those people's lives would be if uh, if it wasn't for the fact that those factories have been open and we're able to buy shit from them. But just isn't the Chinese, like just the, the thought of them becoming uh, and maybe they're going to collapse. Maybe that's the other story is that they're on a, uh, path towards self-destruction, kind of like the, uh, you know, the Soviet union that they moved all these people from factory, uh, from the villages into factories and the central planning does have a burst of efficiency, but it's a growth engine towards nowhere and it can't work forever. Except China's, I think, uh, they, don't they have the capitalist society? This just showcases just how uneducated I am on some topics. So let me go back to what I do know about. Uh, so you've got a pretty grim situation in China. Uh, I would say that the U.S. Uh, reporting on it is a little bit light. Now, here's what's uh, I, here's what you can't kind of figure out with the reporting to an extent is that we've seen scattered videos of horrible incidents. But in, in, in this case, it would seem to me like the American news doesn't want to showcase it versus sometimes in America where they go, hey, look, like, you know, they, like, uh, the, you know, there's going to be a run on stores and they manage to show you the one shelf in one store that hasn't been packed. And then you go to your grocery store and there's plenty of shit. You call everyone else up. They're like, ah, there's no run on shit here. I mean, it happened with toilet paper. But I'm just saying, generally speaking, they do a pretty good job of sometimes just serving us one or two images 
to creep us the fuck out and think that we're all going to die tomorrow and that you need to buy canned goods and figure out where in your home you can stock them and what kind of ammunitions you might need to defend them. Are you guys having these thoughts also? Uh, <laughs> so anyways, this is, uh, this was the headline from, uh, uh, from the New York times. It was this China's economic trends, hidden costs of zero COVID strategy. I even thought the fact that they at first are just looking, Oh yeah, there's economic problems. And then later in the article, they tell you about one single incident of this truck driver who's been stuck in Shanghai and complains that he can't take it anymore. He doesn't have food, but they make it seem like it's just, it's, just, it's one, it's this one guy. It's not like widespread. Uh, and of course they start the article just going like, Oh, look, the economics of the fact that we shut down. Uh, and then I think if anything, let's watch a quick video of this robot dog. And it, it, the dog's a little bit cute. It's almost creepy how cute the thing is and it scurries along and then it just shares message from the CCP. So let's give it a listen. I think if we want a better future, we need to get the dementia out of Washington and no government robots. Government robots are fucking creepy as shit. Who wants to live in a world where the overlords have amassed so much wealth? They don't even need human beings in any capacity. They just got their super strong robots to police us, to make sure that we are doing their bids and willings, that we're staying inside of our houses, that people are, you know, not being able to make a living or even able to sustain themselves because you start going the robot route. And what do you need those other people for? You start throwing the vaginas on the robots. You start throwing the maids onto the robots. You start. And at firstly, I'm pro technology. I know this is weird. All of a sudden I'm saying I'm anti-free trade. I'm anti-technology. I'm not trying to say any, none of those things. I'm trying to say, I don't know what I'm trying. What I'm trying to say though, is we as the taxpayers should be making sure that there's no government robots. Now you might be saying, well, don't we need government robots? to make sure that if they're getting robots, that that, they're, that their robots aren't going to come over here and then take over our whole country. We're going to need robots to combat their robots. And I'm saying we're already in a loophole of thoughts that don't make sense. You don't have to go that far down this loophole. Uh, let's just rabbit hole. But I'm just saying right now, Boston Dynamics, uh, in a nonviolent way, let's go protest that shit. Any other person that's coming out there and going, hey, we're starting to make robots for the government, we, we can't be having a government with robots. You know, like that was the, the part of the Terminator movie that they didn't show us was that really there's a guy sitting there in the CIA who is working the Terminator the whole time. The Terminators, they don't just become the Terminators. They, they don't suddenly become self-aware and then want to go to war with us. Actually, they end up under control over the overlords the entire time. And then you got to run around uh, in, in buildings trying to get away from the Terminator. But there's no hot women because they've already seized all the hot women. All right. I think there was one more part to this. Uh, uh, this, which was this is from the Wall Street Journal. Once again, they're reporting on it. And, uh, you know, half the images here look like they came from the communist Chinese party of like, look at how hard we're working to get people food. And then they don't show you uh, all the people that aren't seemingly getting food. But let's give this a quick watch. Because here is a government addressing the situation. The Chinese Communist Party is addressing the issue in Shanghai. I'm from, from a high-risk zone. Shanghai officials have pledged to do better. Hi. 
However, the anxiety of not... Isn't that great? I, that, like that just showcases government in such a nutshell, because that's always what happens here. It doesn't matter how big of a disaster, how much you get things wrong. You go, well, we're going we're gonna to do better. Like that, has there ever been better proof of the fact why we need to work, move away from governments and make sure that they don't have dementia or robots? It's just this guy. Yeah, we're going to do better. Don't worry. Hey, not only are we going to do better, but we've got robots and we're going to send them out to the buildings to remind everybody that it's their national duty to stay home and die with a smile on because food's about to be there. So no protesting, everybody. Just stay at home and have a big old smile because government, don't worry. We know that you're hungry and the food hasn't come, but we're here for you and we're going to do better. So this is from the Washington Post. For weeks, China's most populous city, Shanghai, has been under strict lockdown orders in an effort to control a coronavirus outbreak. Its 25 million residents have been trapped at home, struggling to feed themselves or get medical help for sick family members. Others have been corralled into makeshift quarantine centers and temporary hospitals, unsure when they will be allowed to leave. Lee Moyin, 34, was among those restricted to their homes. She lives with her parents, both in their 70s, in the Puto district of Shanghai, where she has been confined since March 27th, working as a part-time translator and trying to secure enough groceries for their household. For Lee, who grew up in Shanghai, seeing the once-bustling financial hub, which residents previously believed was a model for balancing COVID prevention measures with normal life, turned into a ghost town, has been unsettling. So I'll just say I could care less about the risk of dying of viruses compared to the risk of a government locking me into their homes. All right. Turning back to more lighthearted topics. This is an article that we referenced last week about the FBA looking into Lucky Charms. And I was looking at just the box of Lucky Charms. And does that not look like a something that someone's trying to use to poison your kid? I mean, if there was like a rat trap, you know, like the way the rat trap has a nice little piece of cheese on it and like it just but like it looks like a rat trap or like you look at a box of rat poison. It looks like a box of rat poison. Are you telling me with this red and this happy uh, th this happy guy throwing up marshmallows into the air like th with this demonic face in this bowl? It looks like someone's trying to poison your kid. Like if I was trying to make a parody box of something that was supposed to look like kid poison, it would be Lucky Charms. Are there any parents of this show that have kids that they are feeding Lucky Charms to on a daily basis? And if you are, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. And maybe you've got kids and you just like seeing them with that burst of energy in the morning before they run to the school bus. But if there's a parent out there that can defend daily eatings of Lucky Charms, or even a stoner, if there's a stoner out there and you want to come on and defend that Lucky Charms is even one of the better sugar cereals, you know what? We're going to do a Shed review of Lucky Charms. That's going on this Thursday in the Shed with Mike Nice and Sid Floyd because sometimes those guys, they got bad shit, crazy opinions that I don't agree with. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them stepped up and wanted to defend Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms Court, it's happening this Thursday in the Shed. If you're out there and you want to uh, be the defender of Lucky Charms, I invite you to show up to the shed and they've got weed good enough that you might actually sit there and think that Lucky Charms is actually food. I could see myself sitting in the shed eating a big old bowl of Lucky Charms and going, wow, this is delicious. And oh my God, did someone actually put milk in here? <laughs> All right. Uh, then I enjoyed this article and we've only got, we only got two left. We're at the very end of this thing. We, we, we've briefed our asses off here. So this is from, uh, uh, what is this from? This is from the Daily Beast. Uh, but it was knocking Elon Musk 
I'm going to read you guys the paragraph. The world's richest man apparently believes he is also the world's biggest philanthropist because his companies do such good work. Philanthropy is usually taken to mean using your wealth for good causes. But Tesla CEO Elon Musk says uh, he, he thinks making sleek electric cars for rich people, sending rockets into space and digging condos, uh, tunnels under Las Vegas should also count. I uh, I missed the good old days where I knew nothing at all, where I was such a dumbass you could hand me any piece of information and my mind would blow. I go, holy shit, I didn't realize there could be information this good. And then you'd have a thirst for knowledge. But now I've already, I, it's not that I know everything. It's just very rarely does someone come by with a piece of information that's so good that I go, holy shit, I never thought about things that way in my entire life. And it gives you kind of that brain orgasm of, wow, that's a good idea. And maybe there's more good ideas. And if I can acquire more of these good ideas, I could be a smarter person. I could live a better life. I remember at one point in my life, I found the author, George Reisman. He's got a particularly good blog. You guys can go down that archive. I read his article on gun control, changed my opinion on gun, gun control, healthcare. One of the articles that he has, which I thought was fascinating, was he had an article and it was defending, it was actually why it's bad when billionaires give charity. And it is such a beautiful defense of capitalism, and it, particularly in his writing. You see that there's a little bit of a spirituality to the system, which I'll explain to you now. Except, you know what? Maybe I'll find the article. I'm not going to find the article and link it in. I, why am I lying to you? Why am I pretending like I'm going to do that post-production work? It's not going to happen. You just go Google. You keep Googling around. Maybe you'll find randomly this article that I was talking about. But essentially, look at this. We'll, we'll go with the Elon Musk example first. Now, if you're a person and you're concerned with the environment, you think, oh, my God, we're running cars, we're burning all these fossil fuels, we're all going to die. Now, imagine if a person came around and they actually invented a solution to that problem. Just imagine for a second, we're, we're going to leave Elon Musk and we're going to go to a fictional world of just ideas. We're going to exist in a conceptual reality for a brief moment here. So you've got a problem. You go, I like being able to drive a car and get to work, but we're all driving cars and getting to work. And as a result, we're going to ruin the planet. And then someone comes by with the solution. They've got this magical car that doesn't have emissions. It doesn't pollute the planet. And the thing runs so efficiently that you can, let's just say, theoretical, where you can take one of those old nine-volt batteries that were fun to put your tongue to, unless you're a kid. If you're a kid, don't be putting your tongue to batteries. But we all did it once. It kind of gave you a fun jolt. It was pretty fun. And then at one point, all right, whatever. Anyways, so you, you take that little nine-volt battery, and it's kind of satisfying because it's hard to – you actually get to feel like a mechanic for one second because you open up the gas canister, and then you have to actually like line it up with the two things, and you put it in, and then <sighs> – your car turns on and your car can run for an entire month just on that nine volt battery. And it's all because some genius invented a way to run a car on a nine volt battery. And now for $2 and 50 cents, you can operate your car for an entire month. And there is so much green and good electricity in the world that there is wealth created. It's like it came down from the heavens. The amount of energy efficiency of what people are able to accomplish because energy is close to just 100% free in this new landscape and we don't have to worry about the burnings of the planet. And here, this guy just invented it. And so all of us go, wow, this is incredible. I would gladly pay you $2.50. And now the whole world on a monthly basis is paying that guy $2.50. That guy's going to make a fuck ton of money. 
Think about how much money that guy's going to make. And you know why? It's because he provided us with something of value. And now here's what's really incredible about a person being able to invent something of value. If we all give him $2.50 on a monthly basis and he has more money, well, he might take that money and guess what? He might go actually invent the next thing. He might actually have the capital he needs to go out and solve another problem. And then he might be able to anticipate the markets and solve another problem. Now we've got the most capable person in the entire world with the most resources because we handed him the resources. He didn't have to take it from us. That's the problem. When people just take the resources, they didn't have to actually acquire them. They might not be that good at allocating them, right? And then they don't have to do other things that would benefit us. They didn't acquire the resources by providing a service. If you if you if you acquire the resources because you give something someone something of value, the only way you're going to get more resources is if you can provide them something else of value. And guess what? We win when someone. I don't know if I'm explaining this in the best terms. I think you guys get the idea. Maybe I will link in the article. So, anyways, in a real capitalist society, uh, billionaires are good. Billionaires mean that they like if there's really a free market. A billionaire is only a billionaire because they provided you with something that you needed. They were able to get it to you for a cheaper cost than anyone else. And so you willingly gave them your money. And guess what? With the money that you gave them, you might be providing them with the resources that they could then go solve another problem for you. They might be like, like think about any market need or something that you need. You think like uh, an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos could probably figure out how to get it to you better and more efficiently than government? I would think so. All day. All right. And then here's the last thing that we're going to read. This is from the Wall Street Journal. I believe it might have even been on the front page of his U.S. pandemic strategy. But before we do this, why not plug one of our fine sponsors? We're going to be doing episodes all week. So I only got to plug one sponsor this episode. And we're going to go with Sheath. That's what we're going to do because it's the summer season. You're starting to get out there. You're starting to exercise. Your balls are getting all sweaty. They're sticking to your legs. You're trying to go here and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe how much my nuts stink. I don't know that I can go to this party. Every time I go to use the urinal and I take my dick out of my pants, I'm just getting a waft of fucking ball reekage. It's like a sewage of sweat party. I'm not even, I don't even just need a shower. I need to see a doctor and get my pH balanced because I don't understand. By the way, these aren't my nuts. I, I just want to be clear. I'm talking about somebody, some fictional dude who's got some really stinky nuts. And now he's afraid to leave his house and go to parties because he knows that when he goes to use a urinal, he gets such a waft of his nut reekage that he knows that his, he's got a problem with his nuts. And so you don't want to be that person who's self-conscious about his stinky nuts. So then you get yourself a pair of sheath underwear and you get your own pouch and you're in the pouch, you're in cooling fabric. It's it's absorbing that sweat and it's making it not stinky. You got a pouch for your dick. Everything's working out for you since you got the sheath. And you use promo code RYM, you get 20% off. So go stock up for the summer. Show some support for one of the finest sponsors in all of comedy. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code RYM, you get 20% off. All right, last article that we're going to read for the day. And then I got to go do some uh, show prep for, uh, for part of the problem. Wall Street Journal, U.S. Pandemic Strategy by Jared S. Hopkins. In the latest phase of the COVID-19 pandemic, federal and local officials are telling people to decide for themselves how best to protect against the virus. Health officials are leaving it up to people to assess if they need booster shots, whether to wear a mask, and how long to isolate after a positive test. Businesses, schools, and other entities are scaling back specific guidelines as they prepare for a return to normal. Isn't it, Doesn't this just read like common sense? Doesn't this just read like something we could have done from the outset? 
And people could have read, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Instead, they went with, but one person might die. You're going to kill grandma. If you're not fully compliant, you're completely evil. Hey, don't you realize that this thing that doesn't have uh, worse effects than the flu on kids is something that we should be taking away their education and keeping them at home so that they get fat and they're not learned? Like, just understand, this is what a common sense article could have read like from the beginning of the pandemic. But let's continue reading. The question of when older adults should get a second vaccine booster is the latest example of the government shifting decisions from broad-based community outreach to personal choice. People 50 years and older can get the additional booster at least four months after the first, but health authorities aren't pushing those eligible to get the shots. The actions represent a shift from two years ago when government officials responded to the pandemic by shutting down cities, limiting capacity in public places, and mandating social distancing. Then they lacked effective treatments, vaccine, and widespread testing to fight the pandemic. Now as those tools uh, help dent the worst outcomes as the virus continues to spread, the response is becoming more tailored to people's own health and appetite for risk. And as we shift policies at a minimum, can you fire Fauci? How is Fauci still in a job? If you're just readily going to admit, hey, we're shifting strategies. Imagine you worked at a hedge fund and they went, all right, we're we're not going off these models because we've been losing money off these models for the last two years. And now we're going back to good old fashioned stock pickers and we're uh, getting the best from Harvard that are going to manually sit down and crunch numbers and start picking what the best. Then you fire the previous guy. How's it? How does he lead? like at a fucking minimum? At an absolute minimum, you're not shutting down the CDC. You're not doing an audit. We're not doing an investigation of the pharmaceutical companies. We're just returning to, hey, this is a free country and you should be allowed to make your own decisions. Well, then how come we aren't scaling back the amount of resources that we give to these uh, these organizations that have failed us for two full years? How do you just get to go, all right, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to make a shift here. Where you, how about I'll take my tax dollars back. Whatever amount of tax dollars we're going to the CDC, I'm making my own decisions now. I'll take my money back. Let's all get a little bit of our, or, or let's all start uh, volunteering because here's the thing. This is what I was talking about with the value thing. We could all voluntarily start giving it to an organization that might actually make good uh, recommendations for us. And guess what? If it started giving us bad recommendations, we would just give the money to somewhere else. Unbelievable. All right. I think that's it for today's episode. I think uh, I've got enough yelling out. Let's take a couple comments and then we'll call it an episode. And there's a bunch of comments here. Man, this is, this is uh, lively. Um, it's from St. Michael. Can goods also double as a melee and throw weapon? Imagine that you're trying to protect your building. You realize the only weapons you got is the canned soup. And then every time you throw, you're like, shit, fucking that. That's the meatballs I was going to eat. Um, ooh, can meat St. Michael. Yep. Pulled pork. gets boring after second reheat. Agreed. Kelly Calise, canned chicken is disgusting for some reason, but I can eat uh, canned tuna straight out of the can, and I don't even really like fish that much. I also don't like fish. My preference for canned tuna, I like canned tuna and oil, and then I don't use mayonnaise, because mayonnaise is kind of gross. Like, I get that mayonnaise is delicious, but it's also fucking disgusting at the same time. Uh, so my move is I like uh, I like uh, tuna in, in olive oil, and I throw some hot sauce on there. Um... Marianne Brandon, canned chicken is gross, but some brands are less gross than others. Well, spill the beans. What are the less gross brands? What's out there that's less gross? St. Michael, I've been spoiled on fresh game meat my entire life. Thank God it's trout season again. Dude, invite me a fly fishing. I'm, I'm interested in the fly fishing thing because I don't get it. You could just stand on the side of the river and not get all wet. What is the thrill of actually standing in the river when you could just be on? Like, I like, I haven't been fishing in a while. 
I think I might go fishing in the near future because my uh, my grandmother uh, passed away and they sold the house. And I used to go fishing back there, uh, which uh, I, I kind of like whatever. They had a nice property backed up into an area where you could fish. And when I used to fish, I used to steal cigars from my grandfather. I'd sit by the river. You'd pack some beers into your cooler. You'd sit there. And I, that was the that was the thrill. It was being on the edge of the water. That's the way I like to fish. Edge of the water, fishing into a, a reservoir that you're not supposed to be fishing in. And it's quiet and serene because you don't have to deal with other people because other people didn't want to trespass back there. So you'd have it all to yourself. And you'd have this brief moment where you felt like a wealthy person who could live out in the middle of the woods and not have to deal with anybody. But the actual getting into the river, firstly, there's equipment. I don't like equipment. Like, I like playing roller hockey, but I don't like maintaining my rollerblades, so I don't play roller hockey that often. Every once in a while, like once a year, I'll I'll replace, and then they're good for a couple, like a month, and then at some point they get ratty. This also, I don't like guns. I don't like having to do maintenance. It seems like a lot. I would be the guy you show up and you realize that you, you brought the the wrong dumb waiters, and you don't want to tell your friends that you brought the wrong ones. So you just get in, and then you're wet all day, and there's holes in the thing, so you got fish that are coming up your pants, and you're just trying to smile and pretend like everything's fine, and 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 it's just a miserable. You're miserable all day, and then you go. This is why I don't like hanging out with people, so I don't want to admit to the fact that I got holes in my trousers. So I was just pretending like things were fine, and then and you're like, I, why couldn't I just fish from the side of the river? What, do you actually catch more fish if you're in the river? Isn't that the advancement of mankind? The fish got to be in the river. You can be outside the river. All right, here we go. Based, I've learned too much in this world. I'm tired of my phone screaming, beaming bad information to my eyes. Well, then this might not be the right show for you. Glad it's showing me Run Your Mouth brought to you by Yo Kratom, home of the $60 kilo and sheath underwear, though. There you go. Came through with an ad read. I was going to save Yo Kratom for the next one, but you wanted people to know that they get a whole kilo for just $60. Australia spiking COVID cases. Love that we were in lockdowns in Melbourne for six months. Glad I'm back in America now. Nice to have you back. Troy, keep up the good fight. Troy, do you have a favorite episode of POTP that you've recorded? Hmm. Hmm. We do too many of them for me to like think of a specific episode. There's definitely like episodes where I'm like, holy shit, that was a fun one. And then other like... There, and then other ones that are more typical because we do a lot of them. We do them three times a week. And sometimes there's so much shit in the in the news or sometimes I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I'm like, holy shit, that was fun. Uh, but I can't think of any specific one that I'm like, that was numero uno because we've just done so many of them. I mean, we do them three times a week and they're all pretty great. Um, base, tell Dave to let you talk more on problem. You're the best part of the show. Uh, it's his show. He does a good operation. And if you like, uh, what I do, you know, you can hear me, you can hear me do it here. And then you can see how disjointed and disconnected the thoughts actually are. And that more often than not, Dave probably interrupted me at just the right moment. Cause I was about to go. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Last comment of the day. Problem should be Dave teeing up Robbie to say some shit. Well, you know, write it, write it into the, the Dave Smith, uh, part of the problem department. No, I did dude. Dave does a good job. I'm happy I got the front row seat. I get to see it live. And, you know, I pipe in with things as they're relevant. And it's all good in the hood. All right. Uh, there you go. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code ROIM. You get 20% off. Yokratum.com. Home of the $60 kilo. Last comment of the day. You should definitely plug this more. You need more traffic on this show. True that. All right. Last time, everybody. Florida. We are kickstarting Summer Porch Tour in high fashion with the boys from the 
uh tower gang pod i just did their contest to try and figure out who we should genocide you guys can go check that one out that was a fun episode and uh come out for summer porch tour because uh you know th these are in people's yards these are a fucking hangout they're a party and there can't be anything weirder than getting on a flight and showing up to someone's lawn and then going there's no one here I guess it's just me hanging out with uh, you and your wife. All right. What's for dinner? Well, it's, that has yet to happen yet. Every single summer porch store gig that we've done so far has been a blast. And I've made lifelong friends on these things. Summer porch store. It's a journey. I mean, I, I'm, I, I still go to the shed every Thursday. The shed that started out as summer porch store. I've gone back now to, uh, to Max's house multiple times. He, he can't keep me out of his private bar. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, that's it. I've talked myself tired. I need another weekend at home just to jerk off and recoup my energy. Um, you know, tell your mom that she should go back to the come and go and uh, conceive more kids because uh, you're you're a great child and you've done so much good in the world. If she could just go to the come and go more often, we could have more people like you in the world. And then everyone would be a fan of freedom. And uh, that's our episode. Thanks so much for joining.